going on, y'all? We back with another episode, School in the Game podcast. The boy School. How y'all doing today? Uh, tonight, you know, y'all on the East Coast. Still, uh, it ain't too early. It's still light out there. Uh, nah, sun, sun, it's going down. Nah, it's still light over there. <laughs> Mark would tell that we don't know where he, where in the world he at tonight. <laughs> yo, relax, yo. He might be high right now. He, <laughs> we might see it live. <laughs> yo, relax, yo. Just had a change of plans that somebody wanted to be late, but whatever. Out of my control. The kids make this is out of my control. It's gonna be dog the bounty hunter so bad. Right. <laughs> oh yeah. You, you trying to claim that eight mil? <laughs> <laughs> Nah, fact. So, I mean, shit, it's four of us. We go and put the work in together. You got, nah, you got, teach, you got, you got teach us how to be bounty hunters. Though. I was about to say he just got to train us. <laughs> Yo, kids, kids not, kids not really around for that work. Not gonna have that. <laughs> anyway, what we talking about today, Al? You put in a chat about uh, Mulatto, her comments. I didn't see him. What exactly uh, was said? Who is Mulatto? That's a very sick call. That's no idea. She not friends of the show? I've, I've, never, <laughs> never, I've never heard of her until y'all put her in the chat. To be totally honest, I don't know who she is. She's an artist. She's a rapper. Um, she's starting to pop off. She's... She... She, she pretty much, you know, doing her thing. I don't, I don't know a lot of her music, but I know a lot of people that talk about her. <laughs> I've definitely heard her name come up a number of times in different conversations. I think the first time I heard of her was, I think she got a song with Doja Cat. Um, I think that was the first time I, I, I heard her. He said, there's that. Questionable <laughs> <laughs> person, uh, artist, whatever. So she, she, I, I, I heard of her. She got her own baggage. So what I is just about to say, Doja Cat was on the same kind of wave Mulatto is on right now. What did she say? Um, what was it? She said it was been like it was like two incidents where I guess she had made a comment on Twitter talking about she was somebody had said something to her, and she had made she had responded saying like I'm black or something like that. And then somebody pulled up an old black interview where she was saying that she doesn't identify herself. Black, she identifies herself as like biracial, which me personally, I really don't, I really don't see the too big of an issue about that. But like people were like crying her up over that shit, and they was like, "Oh, you want to claim black when it's convenient to you when it comes to like record sales, blah blah blah." And then now, I guess now she's talking about changing her name from being mulatto to like big lotto or something like that because they're saying mulatto is offensive somehow, which I never took it as like an offensive statement, but apparently it is now in 2020. So that's pretty much what I got from it. Like all the posts and stuff yeah. on Instagram and Twitter and stuff. Yeah, I know everybody's sensitive now, man. So what is her, do we know what her actual background is? She's biracial, like what's the... Yeah, like I don't know. Like, <laughs> she? From what I got, from what I got from it, she, she's half black and half white. From at least a little clip of the Vlad on um, the Vlad interview I seen. So he was like, he was asking her, like, what do you identify as? Do you identify as black or do you 
identify as white and she like pretty much was like i don't identify as either i identify as biracial and yeah i was that i mean i don't necessarily have an issue with people saying they identify as biracial but at the same time when it comes to selling music and knowing that being a black person in that industry is gonna aid your fan base i'm not gonna try, like take advantage of my black half in order to sell records yeah i think that that was a big thing about it was like all right you identify as biracial that's cool like when it when she first said it, it wasn't that big of a deal but it was like now that you kind of like trying to protect your image it's oh i'm black when before you clearly said like you don't identify as black well, she kind of, I mean, it sounds like she's trying to creep in towards that culture appropriation shit. Yeah, that's what people and, are kind of like. And that's what is it kinda, culture appropriation if she actually is part yeah. black? Because I've seen them say it about Well, it sounds like she's not trying to identify black, but only when it's beneficial. So I feel like if you're black, you're black. You can't pick and choose when you want to be black. Real quick, kids got to step out real quick. I'll be right back. It's an interesting concept. Sometimes we, we've seen people who don't really, I don't know if identify as black is the right word, but going all the way back to like Tiger Woods and like it never really seemed like he embraced the black community was so like behind him so much, but he never was like, you know, I'm this black guy. And we've seen it with you know a bunch of different people and it does seem like people will use that when it's beneficial. Um, but it, that's what, I don't know. That's what that's what it sounds like to me. So like you just people probably get mad at that because most black people that are mixed don't have that luxury to like turn right. it on off when you want to. Right. So, so yeah, bad. I kind of I don't know. I kind of feel like it's. No, right, that, that's kind of weird because they bash like obviously Taylor Swift is not biracial or she hundred percent white, but like they bash her for cultural appropriation and trying to bite and sample off of like Beyonce stuff. That's what I was saying. Like, I, I don't know if I can say it's, it's cultural appropriation. Cause that, that, yeah, like, I feel like it's not. Taylor Swift is way different than like this. Um, yeah. Or they were saying uh, Bruno was doing the same thing a couple years ago when he dropped the album where he was playing off all the old, you know, black classics. Uh, mm -hmm. But he's what, like, Hawaiian or something? His name? I don't know. Oh, what yeah, it is. Yeah. He was getting the same kind of backlash because they're like, you're, you're not black yeah. and you're using the culture to benefit, but you don't have to like go through the same things that we as black people have to go through. So that's what that's why I can understand the frustration. But kind of are what you are. I feel like people pick and choose with situations like this when they want to be mad when they don't want to be mad because you got people like. I think Logic, he, he's mixed too, right? Um, I don't even know. Is he? Yeah, I kind of tell looking at him. I didn't think he was. I didn't think about it like that. Yeah, black black dad, white mom. Hey. And seven half siblings, if anybody else wants to know. <laughs> but even with him, I think it was a situation where, like, some about his, you know, what he was came up and. You know, people talk about like he said. I think he said something along about him not using the N word in his music and stuff like that. And, you know what I mean? Like, it just I just feel like people pick and choose when they want to be mad about something. Shut up. I mean, if he's half black, does that that gives him the right to say it, right? Or 
No. I mean, I know plenty of people that have black and white and say it. But <laughs> if we're going by that, I mean, technically, yes. I say go for but, it. I mean, at the first at the first glance of, at logic, I, 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 I'd be careful about that. Because at first glance, like, you can't really tell, like, he's half black and half white. Yeah. Like, that's a, that's a explanation that got to come behind that, yeah. <laughs> it becomes a thing like who gets to determine if he could say it or not. You just you saying because he don't look it, but I mean, no, I'm he, not saying he can't look it, but I'm saying that like first glance, like you, like you got to be careful. Like you just can't be letting that thing fly, and you like first glance, you do really don't look mixed like that. So it's kind of we was kind of having a little conversation. I actually had in the chat like a while ago about who could say certain things, who can't. So hypothetically, you see somebody like Logic, you. He looks like he's white. He makes that comment. You feel some type of way. Then he goes, oh, well, I'm half black. Now do you feel different about what he just said to you? I'm half mad. Because <laughs> he don't look and black, but he... At the same mad. token, I'm going to use another person as a mix. J. Cole's mix. But he looks black. What is... What is yeah, His mom's like... I think I did and Drake be saying nigga too. <laughs> Drake does. So, so it's like he got black daddy and like, was Jewish mom or something like that. <laughs> His mom white as snow. Right. So that um that just digs deeper into like the colorism piece of it because we judge so much on so much on how people look, but I don't know, it's it's a tough for me because And Drake be trying to speak Patois. <laughs> Drake with the Drake with the with the accents gotta go, yo. He gotta chill out. <laughs> he will be listening. They know the fuck he'd be saying. Nah, yo. The nigga had an Arabic accent, yo. I was, I was like, yo, where's coming from, bro? Like, come on, man. <laughs> oh man. But now, like, go to go back to the whole logic thing. I mean, like, like you said, like you look at Cole, you look at Drake, like you can you can kind of tell, like. They're, they have features that, like, all right, they could be mixed. You look at Logic, you're kind of like, you assume he's white. So if he says, like, the N-word outside looking in, you're like, nah, like, he's a white boy saying the N-word. But, like, if you if you knew Logic and, like, say, like, his friends know he's half black and half white and, like, his black friends hear him say the N-word, I'm sure they probably wouldn't feel some type of way about it because they understand that he's half black and half white. So I wouldn't say so much that the way he the way you look, whether you can say it or not, it's just like your background. Like, you got a black dad or a black... When I say how you look, I'm talking about, like, first impression type of thing. Like, when you first see somebody, if they were to say that to you, not knowing their background, just looking at them, you're going to make a decision. Am I going to accept this from this person or am I not? And then he might have a chance afterwards clean it up and like, oh, yeah, I'm half black or whatever, but just the initial reaction is going to be what it is. Based on who the person Oh, she doesn't get along. And put this East Coast West Coast beef aside. Just move on other people. <laughs> That's what I think. So this this one other piece of it I asked in the chat. So why do you feel like we made it okay for our Spanish friends to be able to say that the end yeah. no, they're not black. Well, let me not say they're not black. That's that gets into a whole deep piece about it. Or we go down a rap. They're not black. <laughs> they're not like black in the sense of how we usually identify people as black. 
they are they might be like Afro Latino whatever, but like what has Afro Latinos on your ass? Yeah, like, bro, that's <laughs> that's a whole other thing. It's like it's but when when I say I get what you're saying, but yeah. we we are what you saying though. We get you right, and I I think people understand. I try to make it as I try to clean it up, but we look at like our we all had grew up with Puerto Rican friends, and they as far as everyone in my circle, if they was cool, they got a pass. Never once thought anything about them saying it. I never even really thought like, oh wait, but they're not like necessarily black in the sense of like how we look at, how I look at Sills or school or whatever, but they immediately got a pass. Just cause they grew up around us and we identify with the same type of struggles to a certain extent. Was there one that didn't get a pass? Um, I think that people outside of our circle sometimes we would question. Like, we gave them a pass because we knew them, and we kind of know they're they kind of identify with the same type of struggle that we came from. I think that's why a lot of them get a pass. But there was plenty of people that was questionable. You like, I don't know if I'm comfortable with that person saying it because I just don't know them yeah. like that. You know what I mean? And then it'd be like it'd be situations where like, like especially out here, like I could be walking down the street and. I see two Mexican people just like, yo, what's good, my nigga? That nigga crazy. Like, and I'm like, no, bro, like, why y'all saying nigga so much? Like, <laughs> a, I mean, and, and, it's funny, and it's funny, like, to think back, like, the, I would say, like, we had, like, around the same group of friends or, like, Hispanic, whatever, at the N word. Like, thinking back to it, I can say that I can't recall too many times where they were saying, like, the N word, like, directed towards me. It was more so, like, amongst, themselves more so than like directed towards us mm-hmm. at least at least from from what i can recall do you think it was a reason for that or you think it just just didn't happen i i don't think it was a specific reason i think it just didn't happen for real i'm sure I, i'm sure i could probably think of some times where it, it did happen but like i could say like i probably said it more so towards them even more so than they said it towards me. Because I got that. I probably was at fault to it, saying it, saying it back to them. Yeah. I, guess I was that. just going to say, if for if you noticed that they really didn't say it to you, was might there have been something, like, within them, like, maybe I shouldn't be using it with him? And if that's the case, then why? Oh. I'll probably say, like, somewhere, like, subconsciously, they're probably like, eh, should I be saying this? Like, I think it's more of, like, a comfort thing. Like, they get comfortable around certain people. They say it amongst themselves. They hear other people saying it. It's kind of like it's a comfort thing. Like, you're more comfortable around this person. They, Like you said, you identify with that person, with how they were brought up, their culture, their struggle, and stuff like that. So that makes them more comfortable with saying it around you. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a really layered conversation that we don't have time to have, but it's, it's interesting to just think about who gets a pass and who doesn't. And... All the stuff that comes with colorism, especially, and not being yeah. because never mind. That's not even, that's another path I don't even want to go off. But it's differences. <laughs> it's, it, there's the light skin, dark skin differences that we deal with in society as well, and we mostly jokingly, but we get on each other about those things. But it's real. It comes from a real place. The issues between ourselves, based on how we look, so it's it's deep, but conversation for another day. 
odd on that. Let me ask y'all this. Do y'all think Mulatto should change her name? Mulatto? The word Mulatto means like a mix of what? Exactly. I know it's a mix, but like mix of what exactly? Oh, I don't know the exact definition, but like it does mean like the mix of like I mean, the way it was always used, at least how I know, was like, if you were half black or half white, like, at least from, like, growing up, people always like, oh, mulatto. But I don't so, know, like, the exact gender word. If that's the case, then that technically defines her. I mean, it means, yeah, it means, it means what, what she is. What, what it she says, is. define mulatto as one of the, one who is offspring of a European and a black. You sound, like a, you sound like an announcer from a Deja Bell skit. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, like, I, like, it caught me off guard when somebody said, like, it was offensive. I was like, how? I was like, it describes, like, her her background perfectly. Like, that's what it's used for. Right. I would be more offended if she tried to use some super black play on words and then be like, well, no, I'm biracial. I don't want to identify as just black. That would be more offensive to me. Well, I think I seen somebody say it was like, well, people were pretty much defending it how I am saying like, well, like that's her background, mulatto. That's how I grew up knowing like the term. Somebody was like, all right, would you, would you be opposed to somebody having like the rapper name of like dark skin nigga? It was like that's not really the same, but like I kind of understand where they're coming from. <laughs> but it's like, people but like that's way dark skin nigga. <laughs> Like people take it way too far. Wasn't there a rapper named uh, Blackerson? Was that was that a movie or was that real life? Who? Oh, wasn't there a rapper named Crunchy Black or something like that? Crunchy Black. No, I think that was a, I think that was a movie. I think. The movie? No, no, <laughs> I can't think. Of. <laughs> oh, I didn't remember if it was real life or the movie. Yeah. Was it yeah, like? Uh, I that what they it might have been that movie with Terrence Howard. Um, Whoop that trick movie. What's that drink called? Nah, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yo, you on the you on your screen man time today, yo. Country black, better known by slaves and country by the American rapper Hype Man, longtime member of the Oscar winning group Three Six Mafia. Huh. That's okay. <laughs> well, all right. Wait, what, what's his name? <laughs> well, he ended up uh oh no. No, that was his daughter passed away. Um, but his name was Crunchy Black. He was the hype man I, for three six months. Yeah, I think I do remember him. <laughs> the more <laughs> you know, I know kids had names in three six months, but their name was just three six months. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know they had names. Yeah, what well, you're saying, Tills, give us the background on the the story. What happened with the? Uh, oh, the uh, I can't remember the name or where the restaurant was at, but it was pretty much the restaurant owner. Was it, I think, yeah, Houston, Texas? Or something like that? Yeah. One of those places. Well, yeah, pretty much they, uh, it was like a brunch at a fancy restaurant. Some, um, somebody that was there at the brunch started twerking, and the restaurant owner pretty much came out and was mad tight about it, spazzing on everybody. Black-owned restaurant, right? Black-owned yeah, black restaurant. Well, pretty much she was like, 
he was spazzing because he was like, I created this restaurant. I recreated this like environment for like pretty much like a high end restaurant. And y'all sitting here twerking. Y'all not respecting yourselves. Y'all expect men to respect yourselves. Well, y'all yeah, expect men to respect y'all, and y'all not respecting yourselves. Like, he went on a crazy rant and was, like, not backing down about it. The owner of Tree Kitchen and Cocktails, throw it a toe. It's good, yeah. You own it, yeah. It off. I was watching it the other day. He, I mean, so before we get to what he actually said, how do you feel about the premise of it? Do you agree, like, with him being upset about that happening at this establishment that he tried to create that was supposed to be a little bit more upscale so not at all <laughs> not, not, wait not at all what why he's upset didn't he have a live dj going on yeah and when you have a live dj people dance right most likely okay so, <laughs> it's a wait, so i don't know if i heard it right was there somebody dancing on a table yeah that's what I was going to get at. So going, if, people are going to go, <laughs> we're dealing with our people. People are going to take This is not the spot in Miami, though, bro. Like, this ain't, uh, what was the name of that spot? Yo. Oh, Mango's? So I think, I think what it was, it was like, if you've seen the other video, <clears throat> it's like two or three other videos of, besides the main one everybody's showing, like him spazzing, of like the girl getting on the table and twerking or standing up in the chair and twerking. And like, I think two or three times, somebody goes over there and tells her like, hey, like get down. And she keeps getting up and doing it. And that was pretty much like the owner pretty much had, that was his last role where he started just spazzing, telling DJ to cut the music off and shit. Well, like I could, so his approach about it was terrible, 100% like terrible. Like you didn't have to have him cut the music, go on your whole rant about women respecting themselves. Like that was completely unnecessary. But to play devil's advocate, I can kind of understand where he's coming from, where it's like, I understand it's a black owned business. I understand like it's our culture and stuff, but that doesn't give you the right to start standing up on tables and stuff. Okay, I get sir. that, I just understand. I can understand from that standpoint, but him, but for him to kind of emphasize the whole twerking thing was kind of like unnecessary. Like if you're mad about them standing on your table, cool. Emphasize on that. Tell him like, yo, don't stand on my table. But you to emphasize women not respecting themselves by twerking was completely unnecessary. I don't even have a problem with him saying twerking. I think the part about like not respecting yourselves and all of this, like I could say like, yo, stop twerking on my table. It's like. <laughs> that's a reasonable thing well, to I think. But it, like I said, it was the whole it was the whole rant he went on. It was crazy. I, I definitely I understand what you're saying. I think that just that yeah. is what does it for me. I, I I I get him being upset. Um, like especially like when you when you got an establishment when you start your own business, you gonna want people to respect it the way you want it to respect it. Although that's not going to happen, you got to also prepare for people not respecting your shit the way you want it to be respected. Um, But I I get what he's saying. Like, us as Black people, as Black business owners, it's already hard for us. It's hard for us to start. It's hard for us to keep. And if most of my clientele is people that's not twerking in my restaurant, and then you come in there, my shit twerking, people are going to see this shit and get turned off. You know what I mean? But 
the way he went about it, I don't agree with it. And also, like, like he had a DJ in it. It's cool. Have a DJ in your restaurant, but you can't have him playing no uh what what was they playing Boosie or, or some something like that was working. You can't set you, you know can't I mean? set like, that vibe and expect that, that not to happen. You need to play some slow R and B, some old school vibes, keep the volume under twenty decibels or whatever, you know what I mean? Like don't have no big sixty inch speakers in there, people thinking it's a club with food, <laughs> not a restaurant or you know what I mean? Like somebody said he should have known by now that we have brunch, food is like secondary to twerking. But then like I get somebody somebody made the point it was like you don't go to like Ruth's Chris or you don't go to like like you have brunch at a, like a winery or something like that and you're not gonna sit there and get on the table and start twerking there. They don't have and a live was, DJ playing boosie, bro. It's <laughs> no, the environment. You in I, Dallas, Texas. <laughs> it is what it is. Like cut it out. I get it, I get it. If you didn't I'm want them the, talking those in the music <laughs> Play it over the loudspeaker and tell them like that. Don't don't bring the live DJ in. No, I I get it, but I, I from a, I guess from a black business owner standpoint, I guess it's kind of like they feel like they're kind of like taking advantage of like, oh, you think because I'm black owned, you get on my table and start twerking when you won't go to a white establishment and do that. It's pretty much what playing boosie at <laughs> with serving <laughs> alcohol and food. I think that's a fair assessment yeah. because, because they, if it was a different establishment, they wouldn't probably be doing that. I don't think the music that's playing gives you justification to stand on somebody's table and do that, especially if you know the type of place that he's trying to have. He's trying to, yeah. I mean, I trying to mix the, the best of both worlds for you. He wants it to be upscale, but he also wants you to be able to hear the music that you want. That don't mean you got to get on the table or whatever and do what you I don't think so. Yeah, and I, I, I like I, I can understand both sides. I just his approach was a hundred percent wrong. Agreed. But, but I can understand like I can understand the point of view is like I'm trying to have this establishment, and you like I have people over here that are just trying to enjoy food, and your twerk one is getting on their eggs. So like I can understand like that kind of standpoint where it's like you got one side like people just trying to enjoy their meal, and then you got somebody else standing on the table twerking the boosie. And I mean, it's not to give him a pass or anything, but I didn't know, I didn't see the other videos when he had somebody go over and like calmly talk to them. So I can understand him, his frustration escalating to a point like, I tried to just go over and be civil, like, yo, can you just chill out? I mean, not make a scene. It doesn't justify what he did, but I can understand how it might escalate a little bit for him when he tried to do it the right way at first. And my thing, like, in, in 2020, yo, you can't do that. Yo. You know, somebody's phone will be recording, and you're going to end up a meeting, or you're going to end up the talk of the town for, what, how long has it been? Like, a week? TMZ, Shade Room, Baller like, Alert, Spiritual World. It's 2020. So, like, my thing is, if you go over there and say something to her, she don't stop. You go over there and say something, she don't stop. If that's like, if that's not what you want in your restaurant and that's what something you want to stop, definitely we're saying on the table, just tell her to leave. Like, you did not have to go on your big soapbox rant and, and start yelling at everybody about twerking. Or in the middle of a global pandemic, you shouldn't have a brunch with that many people. That restaurant was packed, bro. So, like, what are we talking about? You don't have that, then you don't have that situation. That definitely and had to be. He had his, he, 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 he had the only his mask off when he was. What happened? 
No, I said I just thought about that. It definitely had to be either Houston or Atlanta because they're the only places that's open like that. It was in Dallas. Dallas, close enough. <laughs> Texas you, should, you, shouldn't be, you shouldn't be open doing that anyway. I'm sure yeah. you got a capacity limit. And I'm sure you exceeded it. Facts. So that's okay, and but that's not okay. And he had his mask off and he was yelling too. Macarona <laughs> in there. <laughs> Corona <laughs> everywhere inside the restaurant. Everywhere. After I get this point across, dude. So how do you think that this ends for him? Like, is he gonna be done for or let's just shut it no. down? Because <laughs> I've seen the majority of the people I've seen have been upset about what he did, but I also seen a fair number of people like defending him and him trying to keep the standards mm-hmm. up in his restaurant. So yeah, I, I think he's gonna be good. They his his business was already like it started booming. That's probably why it was packed. It recently started booming, so uh, he. I feel like he's gonna packed. be good. <laughs> Should be packed in the first place. I feel like he's gonna be good. Like I just read that people been going crazy on Yelp. He they've been giving him bad Yelp reviews, but Yelp like shut it down so nobody else could leave comments. But I think they're gonna be alright, man. So the health department don't got nothing to say about this. I mean, <laughs> nah. I told yo, like tax, Texas, like all the major they open, yeah. It like might. they governors came up, like nah, yo, we open, open, we got shut down. Well, that's why. Well, that's why you got people twerking on your table. You should be open. Health department gonna be like, yeah, I had a full house. She in here twerking, twerking everywhere. You spitting with no mask on. Yo, there's so many health code violations going on. If we talk about a lady twerking at a table, like, of course that's going to happen. Like, come on. Like, what are you talking about? Oh, shit, man. Okay, shit, yo. Stop. Sugarcoating shit and be nice to these motherfuckers. They shouldn't be, everything should be shut the fuck down. Shut it down. But I mean, then you got out here, they talking about they shutting everything down, but it's still open. Good. The whole planet need to shut down for the next couple weeks and then we figure this shit out, bro. China's not the only place. Just the U.S., yo. China's not the only place. 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 China's not the only place
Like they've been waiting to twerk for brunch all year, bro. That's all people want to do is go eat brunch. I don't know what the fascination is with brunch going out to people to eat brunch, but every, that's what everybody wants to do. Yeah. It's annoying. I know so many people that be like, I miss, I miss having brunch. I'd be like, oh, all right. It was like, you just, <laughs> yeah, like, okay. <laughs> what? You even order food, man. Let's go get some food and sit down and eat. Like, this is fascinating about brunch. You eat half a waffle, at endless mimosas, and twerk. That's it. <laughs> that, that's, what, that's what it is, the endless mimosas, man. You can Yo, have endless mimosas at the crib for free and just do it on your own time. Then you can twerk on your kitchen table. You can twerk on your counter if you wanted to. You can be on your couch, your balcony, your TV stand. You can do whatever you want. Yeah, I think it's a wild. Just saying. Shit, kids, crazy. Man. So if y'all out there looking for a place to twerk, I got a spot for y'all. Let me know. <laughs> it's endless mimosas and brunch. You get one waffle, one piece of chicken. That's it. That's all you need. They're not gonna eat that either. <laughs> I told you, half a waffle, endless mimosas, that's all you need. It's a sickening. It's annoying. <laughs> you just got to put the half a waffle on your stomach, and then mimosas, you're good. <laughs> they can speed past, by the, speed past the waffles. They don't care about the waffles. <laughs> so what else, yo? We, oh, yeah, Dave Chappelle, right? Yeah. Mr. Chappelle. Show. So, uh... Did they take it down? Does anybody know? Did they take it down? I think they did, right? He took it down. Took it down. That looked exactly I think it was only up there for like a day or so, like maybe a couple of days. Yeah, so Chappelle asked him to take it down because I guess he's not getting paid for it. He's not getting They obliged, so I mean, respect to Netflix. Um, I think it makes sense for them, though, because they're probably making so much more money off his stand-ups and all the other stuff than they are mm-hmm. playing those shows and how many times people don't watch those episodes. So it makes sense to think long-term instead of short-term in terms of that. Yeah. I think they still have it up on um, <laughs> HBO Max. Really? I think they bought it. <clears throat> but like, yeah, yeah. Like, like you said, Netflix got a contract with Dave with the stand-ups and stuff. So mm-hmm. that just got a bad business. You got like somebody. I was, I'm assuming like his stands and stuff is like top earners when they drop on Netflix, as far as like views and stuff. So you can't have that bad blood where you got to show up there. He tell you to take it down, and you like nah. And I'm pretty sure he'd be like, all right, bet take all my standups down. Mm-hmm. So, but I mean, he don't. I think because of who he is, he has power in a sense, but he don't have any real power. He, they did that like as a courtesy to him because they don't have to take it down. Yeah, no, it was a, for Netflix. If Netflix didn't have a like a business contract with him, parts of standards and stuff, everyone is taking it down. They would left it up there. Right. Well, he has some <clears throat> kind of power then, because he has that relationship. No, I, I think I think he meant like he can't legally have them take down the Chappelle show. No, he doesn't. Like, he, does, he doesn't own the rights for that. Yeah, and that and that power. No, he don't. But. I mean, but he has power in the center relationship with them enough to say, "Hey, he, he has a." I would say he has leverage, but I wouldn't say he has. Yeah, he got leverage because he got he got a following. You know what I mean? So they probably knew, like, damn, if we don't take this shit down, he's gonna tell them to stop watching everything. 
what you did. You know what I mean? Because he, he already got his check from Netflix, so, <laughs> I mean. I'm pretty sure he probably has, like, I think he has a contract for, like, other more stand-ups and stuff, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think so. so. You don't want to mess up that, that business deal. Or, like, like but on the other hand, like, with HBO Max, they're not taking it down because it's like, all right, no, we're not taking it down. We don't we don't have anything in contract with you like Netflix. You have no leverage against us. We're going to keep it up there. Mm-hmm. The people watching it up there. I don't know if y'all saw the video, the Unforgiven joint he posted, but he, he talked about how HBO, he first went to them. He went to yeah, them first before Comedy Central. Mm-hmm. They turned them down, and now, now they want your shit on, on HBO. It's like, bro, like. Yeah, I was like, we don't need you. And now look at y'all. Y'all need me. Like, that's just the ugly side of entertainment. Like, it's that's just a, that's a big smack face, too. It's just the ugly like, side that they got to deal yeah. with all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it's sickening. Like, it just goes to show, like, when people are still young, early in their careers, like, a lot of people sign bad deals. So we, we talk about everybody and how the artists are getting jerked around nowadays, but it's been going on forever. Like, the greatest stand-up of our time has to fight to have stuff taken down because he signed a bad deal before he left. So it can happen. And it's also not not knowing your worth. It's not even just signing a bad deal. It's you got to think about situations like, okay, I'm about to sign this deal. They offering me five mil. I know they about to make more than five mil off of me. Like maybe I could do this shit on my own. You know what I mean? Like it's, and I know it's tough sometimes because at that point in time, you might be flat broke, but you got to think about it like, damn, like if I got this much pull, this much reach, the uh, business, so what can I do individually like with my core following? Because look at him now. He's like, yo, don't watch my show. People not watching. Like he he got leverage. You know what I mean? So yeah. just, you got to you gotta sometimes just look at like, damn, like I might be something in the next five years. Yeah. Well, he said that in, the, in that video, he, he he knew his worth. He was, It was just a situation that he was in when he got presented with that deal. He was just about to have his kid. He got no money. I think he said he had like $60 in his pocket. I'm taking yeah. five mil. Granted, like, he still knew his worth. That show blew up within mm. less than a year almost. And you could easily Monday morning quarterback and be like, oh, well, he should never sign a bad deal. But like you said, his whole situation is like, you have, at that point, you have no idea what that show was going to do. No clue. You yeah. broke. You rolled the dice on a skit show, which like some skit shows, it's like some hit, some miss. Mm-hmm. And they could have, it could have flopped all you knew. All he knew was like, Tommy Central said, yo, here's five mil. Make this show. He's sitting there having a kid with $60 in his buck. No one's going to turn that deal down at that point. But then, like, I feel like he – well, clearly he smartened up because when season three came, they talked about giving him 50 mil, and he turned it down. Because clearly at that point he knew his worth and the whole creative thing as far as the show, he didn't feel right about it. So I feel like at, it was all kind of based on the situation. It's like you know your worth at to some extent, but it's like at the same time I got 50 bucks in my pocket. So – yeah. Am I going to turn out this five mil because I know my worth and keep struggling, or am I going to bite the bullet, take this five mil, and figure it out in, in the long run? Well, I mean, we could sit here and say you know your worth, and that's a cliche to a certain extent. We do, but 
in the grand scheme of things, do we really know how much we're worth to that company? Because the company is never going to let you see the numbers, how much traffic you're bringing in. So you're never going to know what the company is really making off of you. You still might be shortchanging yourself. And that's why listening to Button a lot, like I really started to understand like the stuff that he was talking about and just how much like they changed the game. And then they try to give them a new contract and they still want to shortchange them. And of course, they're never going to show them the numbers. So they have no idea what they're really worth. You just got to say, I think I'm worth this. So I'm going to either take this or I'm leaving. But do you really ever know what your worth is? Yeah. And like you said, they never show them the numbers. But I know, at least myself, I, the only reason I had Spotify was listening to that. And I don't have Spotify anymore because they're not up there. No more. So like that right there, you can't work of like they're worth to Spotify. Like people have Spotify solely because they're up there. Right. And I know he was talking about like, we're bringing in billions of dollars to Spotify, but you really don't know how much you're bringing in. So if they say, we'll give you 50 million, you say, no, we're worth a hundred million. You might really be worth 500 million if you're bringing in billions and billions of dollars. But how yeah. would you ever know that? And going back to school point, like it's, as far as artists go today, yeah, so many of them that's in that position, especially the people that's doing it mostly on their own. Like, I'm trying to get my people out. It's the same thing with athletes. People that they, they was coming out of high school, needing to go to the pros, skipping college, because they need to take care of everybody else that's in their corner. So yeah. sometimes you got to do what you got to do. It's not always not about knowing your worth. In a lot of cases with the younger kids, it is that they don't know and they can't think long term, but you also got responsibility. So it's a, like, what am I going to do? And when is the opportunity going to come again? If I if I don't take this chance now, what if my career fizzles out? Yeah. Um, how many ever millions short? Yeah, because, like, at that, like, when you first thought, like, he didn't have that leverage to negotiate a contract, even, like, if he knew his worth. You can know your worth, but if you can't, if you don't have the leverage to negotiate it, you got nothing. He's like, all right, here's five million. Now nah, I know, even if for some reason he had a time machine, he knew, no, nope, my show is going to blow up in two years and it's going to be worth a hundred million. If he can't prove that on paper and he can't show that on leverage as far as like negotiating, they're going to be like, nope, here's this five mil, dog. Take it or leave it. And what you going to do? Take five mil. Like you know, with the athletes and stuff. They're going to take that final bonus and not read that contract and see half of the money they could make isn't guaranteed and if they blow their knee tomorrow they get nothing but they see that that first signing bonus they like well i gotta get my family out the hood so i'm gonna take this signing bonus and i'm not gonna read that if i blow my knee i get nothing or it's 12 other players that i have better staff than that's making more money than me so you could also have an idea of what you're worth in this moment. Like, I'm, I want to sign a deal right now that'll pay me $5 million, million a year. But I have no idea how long my show is going to go on. Like, Chappelle's show is going to go on forever. He should be getting paid for a Chappelle show forever. But you never know that it's going to be that big and how much money you could be making 20 years from now. Most people are yeah. in the moment. This is what I'm worth right now. This is the deal that I deserve for this amount of time. I'm not thinking like I should be getting residuals for the rest of my life because no, it's one of the greatest shows ever. It's like, yeah, like there's, there's no reason why, like, I'm pretty sure like the, 
the YouTube clips of the Chappelle show probably like millions of views and he only see a dime of it. Right. And then like would it be on HBO Max, not seeing a dime of it. And it's like you got shows like well what shows are like syndicate like uh Seinfeld and Friends and stuff like that. None of them on those shows got to work another day in their life because they get paid every time that show touches a television screen, or every mm-hmm. t- any time Netflix buys it, or or any other streaming service buys it, they get paid every single time it gets shown. And it's like it's crazy to think that a show like the Chappelle Show, like he's not seen a dime of it. And they was get they was getting a million an episode. Yeah, on, on it's like most of like most of them they, they have like little shows like shows or movies here and there but like none of them gotta work another day in their life off of off of friends Seinfeld, or any other show like that not another day in their life because they make money off that show just for being on tv not lifting a finger Chappelle got five mil, and that was it Living Single was way better than Friends. In fact, Living Single was Friends. They stole that idea. Yeah, the creator of, of Friends came out and said he got the idea of Friends from Living Single. Yeah, man. That's crazy. Friends definitely was trash, though. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Friends was trash. That's what I'm saying. That, and that... That falls back into the whole business on the thing. Like they always, it's hard for us, man. No matter what it is, no matter what type of business we're doing, it's always gonna be hard for us. So, yeah, we just gotta keep grinding and fighting. And we gotta make our own shit, man. Honestly, we gotta make our own. You know, same thing with Nick Cannon. You know, he's gonna do the same thing, same motions with Viacom. So, yeah. and it's crazy to think about because you like. Shows like Seinfeld, what was in the 90s? Mm-hmm. And then, like, whoever did that deal, as far as having it syndicated and, and get paid for every episode every time it's on TV, it's like, you think to Dave Chappelle, like, his show came out, what, 2003, 2004? Mm-hmm. And then you like, Nick Cannon with Wildin' Out. That, that came out, what, maybe mid 2000s? Late 2000. And like you see the replay value, like Wallen Al has. We you just see people like watching clips online and stuff, and you think like from a business standpoint, somebody on their team didn't think like, yo, we should own this where we make money wherever it goes, whether it's on Netflix, whether it's on Viacom, whether it's on any streaming service, we should be making money off of it, but. But tap shows and other stuff that came in the past as rewatch value like that, they already have the mindset like, yo, we need to own this where we make money wherever it's at. To like, you got people like Chappelle, Nick Cannon, and I'm sure plenty of other people where they get, they check for whatever episodes they do. And after that, they Viacom owns it and they don't get no residuals, no nothing off of that. It's kind of crazy to think about like, the show in the 90s had that concept, but shows now or years after that didn't even think about doing that or didn't have the leverage to do that. Or and, and, and Yeah, I think that was it. I know I had other topics listed, but I think that's good enough. Yeah, 
Yeah, we can tap back in with them next week on the School in the Game podcast. <laughs> yeah, next next episode, let's talk about goals for 2021, man. I tell you, we just going to let that thing happen, man. <laughs> nah, you, you got you gotta set goals, man. You gotta you gotta manifest. You gotta you gotta speak into existence, man. We we gonna we gonna have a great twenty twenty one, man. For real. Say that. Nah, man. I'm, I'm just meditate on that thing, man. I, I'm I'm not gonna set no goals, no nothing. I'm gonna just meditate on that thing, whatever comes comes, yeah. Nah, don't say that. That's how 2020 happened. No, uh-uh. Yo, people were setting mad goals. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. 2020 my year, and boom. But no, some people still reached their goals this year, man. Some people who didn't set goals, you know what I mean? Like, Shout out to them if they reached their goals in 2020. Yeah, man, it's, it's been a lot of a lot of great black success this year. I will say that. Figure out new ways to accomplish your goals. You had to figure out, you know, different means of getting to your goals. 2020 was a year to learn. If you want to look at the bright side of it, but I, I, I guess you could set goals for it, but, like, I, I'm not trying to say I don't have high hopes for 2021, but at the same time, it's kind of like we went into 2020 with, with such high hopes and we got smacked in the face pretty much. So I'm just like, I'm just, I'm just take it as, as it comes. And we just gonna see how it works out. Well, we're gonna talk more about the next episode. We're gonna set some goals. I'm I'm gonna talk about it. I'm gonna set some goals. So. Got it. <laughs> All right, man. Appreciate y'all. We're gonna have a next episode. Uh whenever we do it next week. But y'all continue to tap in with us. Um, hit us up on the gram, let us know what y'all what topics y'all wanna talk about, let us know what y'all doing. But y'all setting for y'all 2020, uh, 2020, 2021 goals. <laughs> <laughs> so let us know what y'all setting, man. And we're going to catch y'all next week.